0: Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of our Spy Master interview series. I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam the Provocateur. And to celebrate Pierce Brosnan, as this is our Pierce Brosnan wrap-up week, we thought we would have our first Bond girl. So we were lucky enough to speak to none other than Rachel Grant, who you may know from Die Another Day as Peaceful Fountains of Desire. Yeah, this was really exciting, and
1: while her role isn't big in the film, she has a lot of insight into the process of casting, and it's sort of that window we so rarely get with Eon, where we get someone to tell us really what was going on behind the scenes, because they do operate quite differently than your standard studio. You know, how is the process for getting cast in an Eon film? What is it like to shoot with them? These are the kind of details I was really interested in, and she supplied
0: them. And and let's be fair, neither of us have ever talked to Pierce Brosnan, while she has. Mm, that is very true. I like to think I've talked to Pierce Brosnan, but it's actually just my neighbor I'm calling late at night. <laughs> Sometimes I like to prank call you as as pretend as to be Pierce as well, to be fair. That's true.
1: We just both constantly call people on the phone and
0: pretend it's Pierce Brosnan on the other end. <laughs> yeah, the fire brigade are really sick of me around here, actually. <laughs> um but i think on on that note i think that leads us in somehow beautifully to our chat with peaceful fountains of desire none other than rachel grant now before we hit play on the tape uh with the interview there are a couple of sensitive issues we discussed towards the end of the interview Uh, more to do with her experiences in hollywood and something she's had to deal with as a young actress in the industry. And so we're just putting a little bit of a warning ahead of time. If that's sort of the topics that you're uncomfortable hearing about, this might be something worth skipping. But just, you know, forewarned is forearmed. Cam, roll that clip. And joining us now it is none other than Rachel Grant. Hello, Rachel. How are you?
2: Hi. Nice to meet you. Uh, <laughs>
0: So um, we uh, messaged you a little while ago. And I think we, we got chatting on the DMs. So we finally got you on the show, which is great. Um, we recently just covered Die Another Day, and we're doing a sort of a wrap-up of the Pierce Brosnan Bond era. And we thought uh, we're talking to to yourself and some other guests as well. And um, we just want to pick your brain, basically.
2: Oh, right. Yeah, sure. You can pick my brain, <laughs> what, what I have left of it. <laughs> no, go for it. By the way, I really ramble and talk a lot. So if I'm saying too much or waffling on in a different direction, just stop me and say, hey.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the club. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> That's Very the good. podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So, yeah, podcast. Yeah, we are peas in a pod.
0: We, we certainly are. But uh, I, I suppose I want to take us back pre-Pierce uh, yeah. Brosnan, pre-Die pre Another Day, and just get a little more information on you. So how did you get into acting?
2: So, um, so so I'm the middle of three sisters, three performing sisters, and we were like raised in in the arts and ballet and theater and stage performance. So I've always been on stage and we've always been like in front of cameras and performing and enjoying making people smile in front of us. So that's basically how it happened. It, we basically, all three of us, were living out our childhood dream of, just enjoying um the arts and entertainment and both my parents are actually academics and i come from both sides of my family you know our doctors and lawyers and for some reason us three girls we just took that route of the arts and we we were raised in nottingham in england and not, the arts are quite big in Nottingham. And so we really always had our heart in like performing and and, and, and that sort of thing, and even like painting. And actually my, my father paints very well, even though he's a doctor. But yes, that's how we got into it. And then we've always been in it. I'd really know no other world really. And I don't want to know any other world. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. Mm.
1: So I, I'm also curious because you have a very extensive martial arts background. Um, when did that start?
2: So interestingly <clears throat> that so I, I didn't actually study or learn any martial arts until um until I got cast on a show on the BBC called Masters of Combat and I was in my early 20s at the time but let me rewind back so as I would mentioned that I did a lot of ballet and dance growing up and I always wanted to do martial arts because I grew up on you know I, I love movies like James Bond and um Jean-Claude Van Damme Jackie Chan I loved martial arts as a as a little girl I was very much a tomboy and I always asked my mum please can I do martial arts I didn't care what it was I think the generic term back then or sorry excuse me now it's the wrong thing to say would be karate I would would just say I want to do karate and I was never allowed because my mum just thought I was too much of a tomboy I would climb trees Fallen all sorts of things, and so I never ever did it as a child until I got cast in masters of combat but I'd had such extensive training in movement and ballet and dance that it was very easy to pick up I just needed to change my technique and everything in ballet is turned out or in dance is like open and everything in martial arts you turn in your your legs and your knees so I had to adapt and learn how to Hold my muscles in different way, and that, and that, and that's somewhat how it happened. And because I had love for the martial arts, and I'd, I, I, I was a quick learner, so I had a crash course in martial arts for six weeks doing Masters of Combat, and um, actually the finished result for Masters of Combat, considering I had zero experience, was was pretty good. I I don't know if you know that in a lot of martial arts movies sometimes they might cast if they're not casting somebody with martial arts experience they might be casting someone with dance or ballet experience Mm. i forget the movie there was a ballet dancer it was a well-known hollywood movie at the time when i was in la they cast a ballet dancer young ballet dancer as the lead i forget what the movie was if i think of it i'll mention it but it's a great movie um, but yes, anyway, carry on, I'm waffling on as you, as you can see, as you cannot see actually, because you can't see me. I'm so sorry, I did not put on my camera. Anyway,
0: thanks. <laughs> no worries. Everyone <laughs> listening can't see us either, so it's all good really. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: right, but I'd love to see you. Anyway, next time, if we ever have a follow-up one, I promise you, we um, will be face-to-face. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think
0: before we get to Dying of the Day, it feels like we're getting right there. You mentioned the BBC show you did. Was that yes. your first big break into acting or was there any show you did before that?
2: No, actually it wasn't. I, at the time I was doing, I got cast as a character called Nina on Sci-Fright on the Sci-Fi Channel. I don't know if you know that character. There was a show on the Sci-Fi Channel called Sci-Fright every Friday night and I was the horror host, although it was more, I wasn't hosting, I wasn't presenting as such. She was more of a character. She was acting and I hosted like a Friday night double bill of horror movies. Now, I don't, do you know that show?
0: It's actually ringing a bell. Um, it's kind of like akin to like an Elvira kind of thing where you're like you're, yes. you're hosting and you're talking into the movie or the show.
2: I was, but I lived in like this house and I had like a sidekick character. Anyway, this show at the time, when I got booked on the job, um, they weren't, it used to be hosted by, uh, what's the name of the actress, Um, Indira Varma. And before that, it was Nina Hagen. That's why the character was called Nina. And so when I got cast on the show, um, they weren't sure about me. And so it was just a one-off season. And then the ratings doubled within a month. it it was it was such a great feeling to see those ratings double and so they gave me a contract like for two years which was fantastic so it actually had i was doing that when i got cast for masters of combat so that was like a great gig for me that was a fantastic gig to do and i think we did about uh five seasons of it all in like crammed in two years um and it was every Friday night it was obviously we pre-recorded it so that was great and prior to that I'd had like stints like like I had a role on like Emmerdale Mm. um that was my first tv casting on Emmerdale and um lots of commercials Galaxy I did a commercial for Lynx Axe um deodorant um all sorts of things I was really very busy like doing all sorts of different things like pop videos um yeah that sort of thing and i was having a blast yeah i remember just being so busy and working doing everything and anything and enjoying it and the masters of combat and just being open to all sorts of different roles they later i got cast on brainiac do you remember brainiac
0: i was going to ask you about brainiac oh, we were, yes i think that I... was after yeah that was 2004 that started uh, well i might bring that up after die another right, day okay. for, 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 for british on listeners out there yeah. british listeners so
2: all these yeah. little all these yeah so many so many different things anyway carry on <laughs>
1: well that's actually a really good entry point for die another day yeah. at what point did the you know possibility of that job you know kind of fall into your lap or you know was there an audition process how did that work
2: yeah so there was an audition for die another day and um Every job I got was almost an audition, Um, always audition. I I did quite well with auditions um, for all the things I was doing. Um, So, but this particular audition for Die Another Day, I honestly didn't think I would get it. But I always go into an audition with an open mind because they were looking for a Chinese actress, a Chinese character. Now I'm half Asian, or back then we say half Oriental, we, which is not the wrong thing to say that, that now. I was half Asian. My mother's from the Philippines. I was born in the Philippines. You know, the Philippines has a lot of Spanish influence and there's it's a more of, it's a different kind of Asian look. It's not Chinese and the skin color is different and what have you. So I, I was always struggling to be cast in Chinese, Japanese, Korean roles, because I just don't really look right for it. But I wanted to give it my best shot. And I knew it was a James Bond movie, maybe there, there could be like some twist to it, you know, because mm-hmm. James Bond is James Bond. And so for the audition, I actually wore a Chinese dress. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it might have been a bit full on to wear a Chinese dress, but I decided to. And, you know, it's James Bond, you know, characters are like larger than life. And so I wore a Chinese dress, which I still have today. I still can get into it. I'm so pleased, <laughs> um, which I have today. And um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so I wore this Chinese dress and I brought my little bag of weapons with me to the audition, which funnily enough, i would never done before. So I brought this bag of weapons with me, I walked in, um, which actually is quite a good thing to do when I come to think of it. It's kind of brilliant, I thought about that and um i put the weapons down it, it, it was really odd anyway let me start from the beginning anyway so i get to ah i'm getting confused right what am i talking about woman <laughs> shut up <laughs> wait so yes it was an audition so let me start from the beginning i got a phone call on the wednesday it was so quick this isn't normal like for a movie on this scale you would audition and maybe get seen twice so i got a phone call the day before the audition tomorrow you're auditioning for james bond Um, And I was like, wow, oh my gosh. So it was very quick. I didn't get sent a script, nothing. Everything is secretive. All I knew it was a Chinese character. James Bond arrives in, I was told, in Hong Kong and he meets a Chinese lady. So I'm like, okay, crap, shit, Chinese lady. I don't look Chinese, but hey, James Bond. So I get my Chinese dress out um get my weapons and I go along to this casting this really really fancy place on Piccadilly this was Eon Productions this was another thing that wasn't normal about the casting it wasn't like in a casting suite it was actually at um the producer's office which is which is very rare to like you, I, very rare to do something like that so I turn up at this um um Eon Productions on Piccadilly and there was like this little f- lobby foyer area, like a little uh, like a porch almost that I was made to sit at, and um there they gave me the script um it was like a couple of pages, and um i couldn't you know they what you couldn't take a picture of it, you can do anything it was really that secretive, and they made sure they got it back but while I was waiting, there was another girl in there. Um, about to go in, a beautiful Korean actress. She told me she was a Korean actress and she told me she had already been cast um, in a scene at the beginning of Die Another Day. A-, a Korean, she was meant to be a Korean, it was in Korea. She was like, got uh, had a lovely scene. She knew what she was doing, but they canceled the scene and they'd rewritten it. And it was no longer in mm-hmm. Korea. It was now in Hong Kong. And they were looking for a Hong Kong, you know, a girl from Hong Kong or something like that. So she was re-auditioning for the role that she'd been cast in, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I felt so bad for her. I thought that's so unfortunate for her because I'd be so devastated if I got cast in a role and then told oh it's been scrapped and then, you know, you know you're going to be cast, you have to reaudition again for another role. Um, so I thought two things: a she will probably get the role again because it could suit her or um and then i thought then if she doesn't get it that's so unfortunate so anyway she was the only other person i saw actually i did see another girl as i was leaving um but i don't know who she was i didn't speak to her so she went in this korean actress came out and then i went in in my little chinese dress with my martial arts bag and i was like hey and late and um debbie mcwilliams um in her beautiful suite with a huge chandelier above my head was very friendly and i just said to her can i please do a martial arts demonstration for you with my nunchuckers you know i thought bond girl nunchuckers go well together so she let me do it and um i was swinging my weapons around and i could i I could i can do a really really impressive like demonstration if i want to and it, it must have been one of my best and she said hang on a second i need to get this on camera and she she filmed me i couldn't believe it she filmed me i was kicking my legs up um and i can kick my legs up pretty high and um swinging the nunchucks through my legs and all sorts of things that was that she filmed me and then um and then she um ha- recorded me doing the lines and she was lovely that was it i left the room and didn't think anything of it just thought i gave it my best shot maybe she'll remember me for the future that's what you always think maybe she'll remember me in the future because i had actually auditioned when i was 17 for tomorrow never dies hmm. um so i didn't audition it was just a casting actually she had just seen me so maybe she remembered me for die another day i don't know so anyway when i left i didn't think anything of it and then on saturday morning I was in, it was, I was in the mini showroom. I remember I was looking at minis in the mini showroom in Hendon and my agent calls me and it's unusual for agents to call um, on a Saturday. And she said, Rachel, you got the job in the James Bond movie. I was like, what? And I just could not believe it. Wow, I actually had that. Well, my, my the hairs on the back of my neck actually stood on end because I actually felt that moment again. I could not believe it. And I was so excited. And then I decided to calm down. I was like, calm down, woman. You don't know what's gonna happen. You don't know if if you're gonna end up on the cutting room floor or what have you. So I was like, okay. Yeah, so, and that was it. And then on the Monday, it was so quick. Can you imagine a week before, on the Monday, I was already on set with Pierce Brosnan, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So I get a call on a Wednesday to say, you're gonna audition for a James Bond movie. And a week later, I'm already wrapped up, having hung out with Pierce Brosnan and Lee Tamahori three days on set, and have wrapped on my James Bond sets. Isn't that and that is? It was just that was a whirlwind week and an amazing week. And it was funny because when I met Pierce Brosnan, who is so down to earth and so lovely, really, I really can't rave enough about him. And I'm not just saying that. He said to me, "We all watched all the audition um, pieces because you know they had to like." decide who they were going to pick quite quickly. And we came to yours and we, you know, you read the lines well, he said, and when we saw your nunchuck demo, we were like, okay, this (laughs) is the bomb girl, we have to get her. So it worked and I'm so thrilled that it really worked for me. And um, it was nice that Pierce said that also. Uh, So yes, it was, it really was a wonderful week and time and that feeling, that you know that that scene with pierce brosnan is will always be there and um yeah it, it really was great it was wonderful it was and now here i am talking to you <laughs>
0: <laughs> i have to say i mean a, a crazy story in that sort of short space of time turning around and being in the film right. but i have to say i'm also slightly disappointed oh. because you said you said firstly you still own the dress and that you can do a really cool like nun display and we can't see you on video i feel like this is a setup this is a definitely a setup
2: <laughs> <laughs> No, one day i will you know i did a, i did a tv show called the ultimate playboy it wasn't called the ultimate playboy when i did the tv show it was actually called the player it it was um it it, it was when i'm not sure what year it was maybe it was like 2005 um we filmed it in it was almost like a reality tv show but i was doing a bit of hosting on it it was also hosted by jody kidd but in that um the reason why they got me is they had various challenges that these men had to do and one of the challenges was a martial arts challenge and for the demo i actually wore that same dress that i wore in the die another day audition and I use non-checkers. Now, the demo that they filmed, it was Princess Productions at the time, they no longer exist, they're called something else now, but I never got a clip of that episode, but I did see the, the clip that I did of me doing martial arts and it, oh my gosh, I'm not just saying this, but the way they filmed it and the way they had me, it looks great. Now, that would be the closest thing I did to the audition in Die Another Day and I I've never got my hands on that episode and I know it looks great because everybody told me afterwards and I saw hmm. clips of it. And if only I could get that and then I could see it. I'm wearing the I'm wearing the dress that I wore in the audition. But that would be the closest thing to what I did in the audition. Maybe one day I'll try and get the if anyone knows it. I think it's episode two of the ultimate player and it was on Sky One. I don't the know. Internet, I the internet is a crazy
0: it. place and people could make these things happen. So listeners, if you know how to find it, let us know.
2: <laughs> I've it's unbelievable I, I can't get hold of it i don't know why but you can get hold of anything nowadays
1: we are a spy movie podcast so maybe we have some spies listening who yes, can please, uh, help out if
2: you can, i will um i will give someone no joke if somebody can get me that video i will give them a hundred dollars i swear i promise that a hundred dollars you know how much that is in pounds because i actually wrote to the production company i said i'm willing to pay for and this is another hundred dollars i want to give to somebody I can't believe I'm saying this. this is all you spies out there. No, this is for all you spies out there. Because I really, I want to see the stuff. You know, I have this phobia of watching myself. So I never ever, after um after I would appear in TV shows and movies, I would never follow up sometimes because I never wanted to see myself. And then now I want to follow up on some of this stuff. I can't find it. I also did another movie called, um, and I played a Chinese assassin in Chinese dress because I was cast off the back of it. Uh, it was called. It's called the the African Game. It's mm. an Italian movie, and we filmed in Kenya and in Rome. And it's by a director called Massimo Tarantino Tarantini, who's famous for doing women. Oh gosh, it's some like famous lesbian film of all these women in a prison. Oh. Women in Fury, I think it's Women in Fury, I think. Anyway, it's called The African Game. I have never been able to get a copy of that movie, but I play some kind of spy assassin. I want to give someone a hundred dollars if they can get me a copy. Of <laughs> I swear, because I wrote to the Italian company and I don't know, they weren't able to get it. Oh, it was on a t- it was on a channel called Movies for Men in England. That's how I, I remember I, that channel. Because everybody, because I would get these random messages from people going, "Hey, I saw you on Movies for Men, African, yeah." (laughs) So it was on (laughs) typical Movies for Men. Now there are trailers and clips of it on YouTube, but I've never been able to get the whole movie. So if someone can, has it there's bucks. 200
0: there's 200 dollars up for grabs now people I two different it. shows I'm,
2: I'm really good Pay, I'll PayPal it straight away and you know anyway you go. <laughs> so that's it so for all you spies out there let's see if you can like find um those movies <laughs> We'
0: well, we'll have to get the details afterwards so we can put them out there like yes, exactly what okay. you we'll, we'll yes. write it all down we'll write it all down
2: <laughs> it. Um,
0: cam. <laughs> yeah, well okay,
1: so I'm really curious, you know, you talk about Brosnan just as a as a man, but I'm curious just as an acting partner. Um, you know, you're sharing a scene with him. Oh, yeah. He is he's in his fourth turn now as James Bond. I would yeah. imagine he's fairly um he can kind of turn on the role probably fairly easily, but I'm just curious about the process of actually working through a scene with him.
2: Yeah, so it's it's funny because I was like it was so exhilarating waiting in um, the dressing room I had this beautiful dressing room obviously that was right opposite like Pierce Brosnan's dressing room like I would go out and Pierce Brosnan was just on the right Halle Berry was on the left and I was whoa I, I, so like I would step out of my dressing room and I might just see Pierce Brosnan stepping out and I'm like I feel like I'm blushing oh my god <laughs> yeah I know I was I remember blushing when I met him because It's funny, my mum would, my mum adored Piers Brosnan in Remington Steele. So Mm. when I was a little girl, really like a little girl, this man was always on TV because my mum would play Remington Steele all the time. I remember she'd play things like Remington Steele and The Saint, and The Saint was um, uh, Roger Moore, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, so my mum loved stuff like that. So, and I remember this very handsome man, um, Remington Steele, (laughs) <laughs> Suddenly, I'm I'm on set with him, working with him. I always thought Pierce Brosnan was very good looking. I have to say, almost too good looking. Looks like someone in like in a commercial, whereas like an actor has to be like quite interesting, look a bit rugged, um, you know. But Pierce Pierce looks great. He's fantastic, and the older he's got, I think more kind of he's got those great looks. So, anyway, so I met him, and I couldn't believe it. I to say, actually, I think I said to him, which actually is really embarrassing. I think I actually said to him. Oh, Piers, I grew up watching you on Remington Steel. My mom used to love watching you on
0: Remington
2: uh. Steel. <laughs> <laughs> weird to say, like, you know, in innocence, you know, I'm just like so. So I said that to him, but it's nothing weird about it. I know. Whatever. Like, why? Like, oh, I know. Can you imagine I'd say something like that? Yeah, I told him that. I'm sure he I've said worse
0: things to people, don't worry.
2: I'm sure he doesn't think anything of it. But um, yeah, so that's how it was. But anyway, he's so nice and he was really chatty and friendly with me. Um. Anyway, what you, I'm going back to your question because I've waffled on So yes, I remember just being so excited to get on set with Pierce Brosnan. And I knew, and I was nervous, and I love being nervous because that adrenaline and those nerves, you can use them to rise to the occasion. And I knew I would rise to the occasion, I knew, because I'd been on, on big stages before. You know, I've done like solo performances at the Royal Albert Hall, I actually did that once. So I know like I, I could rise to the occasion and I did. When I got on set, my professionalism just took over, and it was wonderful. And Pierce, because he's so friendly, and he just made me feel like at home. It, I could have been working on, and he could have been anyone really. He was that um, he was that down to earth and that love that lovely, and um, and, the, and Lee Tamahori was so nice to work with also. He talked to me like I was like a normal yeah. Pierce and Lee they talk to you like you're normal human beings. They're not like stuck up their asses. So that was lovely. It was really, it was really great. And then you have all the crew around and every it's like one big family. And like before you know it, you're just at home and it could be your, your own bedroom, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it was it was it was great. It was funny because Pierce Brosnan had a body double and so did I. I had a body double mm. on a Die another day. And I remember they were getting my body double to stand in for me while I could like sit down or go back to the dressing room. And I just remember I told I told the um, the cinematographer was like, no, please, I want to be on this set for as long as possible. I don't care. I want I want to be the first one in i don't care if i have to wake up at 4am in the morning and get in at six and be picked up at five i want to be that person and i want to be the last person to leave because i want to be on the stage and be in this dressing room for as long as possible i remember thinking that and telling people that so so that's how it went and um I my they didn't really use my body double. I was on set as, for as long as possible, and ni- nice, nicely enough. Pierce Brosnan um, wanted to do like the, the you know like the the hand acting for grabbing the gun and what have mm-hmm. you. All that was great. It was wonderful. See, now it's so we bring back all these memories. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next. But <laughs> um, well, I mean,
0: you're you're on set now. Yeah. You, know, you, you, you found yourself. You are yeah. now peaceful. Fountains yes. of Desire, you've become the character. One question I had was, um, did you have any input on what the character did or was it quite set to the script? Were you any given any room for improv?
2: Um, I would say, yeah, I would say yes. The scene, you know, the scene was a lot more elaborate and um, like, pan. they panned it out as much as possible. Like I didn't expect, because I remember when we went over the scene, you know it's on like a page and a half of um scripts but i remember he was like you knock on the door and they filmed me from outside even had me walking up to the door and then when i come in we want you to walk because it i don't know if you can really tell how big the suite is but it's pretty big set they had me walking backwards and forwards so it was really nice that they made the most of everything and honestly when they would when i they were doing all this i remember thinking yeah and then and then when it comes to the cut it's going to be literally like five seconds or they might even cut me out but no they even had me walking to the bed and then even when i left the room i remember they had me walking away because i remember i was like oh you can see my butt as i walk away i remember thinking that <laughs> i remember thinking that when i first saw it because i remember closing my eyes and then looking up i was to my mum because we were at the premiere i was like is it done yet and then i remember opening my eyes and then like I just saw my butt. I just saw myself walking away. So I remember thinking, oh he, they used all every single take. How exciting. I remember thinking that. Um anyway, what did you ask again? See, this is where I get waffle I waffle on. You asked me, um
0: I, I asked, but basically you kind of answered, but I'll give you room to yeah. elaborate I, a little I, I further.
2: I was gonna say oh, if they had like room for like um um
0: improvisation yeah, or did could yes, you have so, any input um, on the character yes, itself? So I tell yeah.
2: you. So yeah, so like um, so we did it a couple of times and the take they used, and Pierce Brosnan was very different with, I think we did maybe, I don't know how many takes, maybe three or four takes of him um, putting his arms around me. So every time was different. And the take they used was him, he's kissing my ear, right? And he's like my neck and everything a bit, a little bit, he's touching it. That's not like scripted. And um, it was funny because when he, when he touches my ear, um, and he kissed me there. And on that take, the makeup artist came up afterwards and said, Oh, are you sure you're all right with this? I said, Of course. I said, he, he might if he grabs me and pushes me on the bed, that that's what he wants to do. <laughs> but, that, but that didn't happen. But it was funny because I remember afterwards I told the makeup artist, Oh, I got my ears pierced. You know, I've never said that. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> my ears pierced, my pierced.
0: I want to get my ears pierced, please. No, right,
2: so I got my ears pierced from Piers. So it was funny because I remember thinking got my ears pierced. They're never going to use the tape, but they did. They used the tape when my ears were pierced. Yes. So yeah, so that's right. My left ear was pierced. So so yeah, so anything could have happened. Like Piers was Pierce Brosnan was actually quite um he, he was quite firm with me. I actually had a little bit of bruising. Now I bruise very easily, can I say. Um, and I don't know why, it's just how I am. I bruise, I had bruising. I had like um, Pierce Brosnan's hand mark on my wrist um, for a few days and I didn't mind it. Um, yeah, so it <laughs> actually got a little, um, yeah, it, it actually got a little firmy, yeah. Oh, and I liked that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: No, I assume, <laughs> is that from when he kind of spins you around?
2: Yes. So he kept grabbing me on my arm and he's like grabbing me hard. Like he's doing he's not doing any pretense acting. This is like he's grabbing me like I would go for the gun. And that's how it should be. Right. He is holding me down hard. And yeah, so it's funny because I was left with a red mark on my hand. After doing that many, many times and practice, I was left with a red mark on my hand. I bruised bruise easily. There's nothing weird about it. There's no me too, crazy moment here at all. It's acting, everything, right? So he mm-hmm. grabbed he grabbed me really hard. And um yeah, I remember thinking, oh, I've got I'm I'm marked by Piers Brosnan. But no, that's how it's meant to be, you know. We I've been I've been bruised and hurt and doing martial arts and movies and what have you. And um, so it's all part and parcel of it enjoy it actually because it means you know you have to suffer for your art
1: <laughs> right well i have a question about um you know your character yes. i'm curious going in just as an actor did you yes. have any sort of and i know it's a whirlwind experience but right. you have any sort of backstory for your character to kind of inform just your work on screen
2: right so this is what they told me um they wanted to keep it quite loose and open Um they said we don't we don't know too much about who is she? Is she there to is she there to kill Pierce Brussels and defend him? Or is he there to yeah, to protect him? Maybe she is. You know, maybe she's actually there to protect him. We don't know. Is she working for um Chinese intelligence? She's she's got a very British accent. They wanted me to have a very clipped British accent. You know, they even sent like the the vocal coach so that it became very um. You know, if you hear her, she says she's peaceful fountains of desire. You know, she's a little bit of the Queen's English, but a little bit. Um, So she's British in some way. So maybe she's this she's maybe she's working for British intelligence in Hong Kong. I don't know. She's so she I'm this like British Chinese character. So it, they kind of blended all that in the end. Um. So who is she working for? So that's what they told me. That's what they said. We they wanted to keep it a bit loose. That's what they said. So she could have been, she would have been educated in a British school, they said. I remember thinking that. Um, at least one of her parents would have been Chinese. So that, you know, I'm half Asian, so that worked. So, you know, so they like bend, they twist, they can do things to the story, what have you. So it seemed to work. That was the backstory I was given. Who is she? Where is she? And um they wanted to keep it open. I remember they said we don't know if she's gonna come back or not. It's not written that she's gonna come back, but they I remember they said, if ever we need to tie up any loose ends and we need to bring in characters and things, you know there's always options if we like if if they keep it if if they keep it open and loose, there's always an option for that mm, or right. whether rather than like make it to like yes, yes, that I yeah, that's what they were saying mm-hmm. um so yeah that's who she was peaceful fountains of desire it's actually quite naughty i remember thinking you know the lines are quite suggestive if you listen to what she says it's actually a bit naughty if you can think of it like that anyway that's what they, i remember they said what she did. <laughs> listen to her lines are brilliant lines the writing's great it's a classic you know i i appreciate it more now the scene how classic james bond it is I, um yeah and like it's the first time we see James Bond as himself, you know, cleanly shaven. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, there's champagne in the room. It's in the bedroom. It's uh, it's it's great, isn't it? James yeah. It's got that
0: classic Bond feel to it. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. There's a woman at the door. Who is she? Then there's guns. There's a smashing of glass. You know, he's not, you know, he's abroad. It's yeah, whatever. It's great. And what's so nice is, oh, you know, there's a soundtrack for Die Another Day, which I actually got. Oh, I still have the goodie bag that I got from the premiere of Die Another Day. Wow. Now my sister got the goodie bag too. And she ended up selling all the bits on it on eBay. I don't know why. I don't know why i mentioned <laughs> that, but fair enough. I think she did quite well out of it, I don't know. Anyway, um, that was way back then, you know, when she was doing stuff like that, I guess. So I still have all the bits and, isn't that cool? I really, and you know, I have a really nice cast and crew. Oh, I must look it up. When I go back to Nottingham um, next month, I'm going back to Nottingham next month. I'm going to look up in my mum's garage. I have the cast and crew die another day jacket.
1: Wow, oh, wow. I need to be
2: wearing that. And it's, it's not, t- you know, it's lovely. And the die another day is, uh, it looks so nice. Uh,
0: you have to send us a photo so we can put it on. Oh, up and I got the like a, a Die Another here.
2: Day t shirt too that had all the diamond, the crystals. And I didn't yeah. want to wear it because I thought if I wear it, you know, I'm going to like have to wash it and then all the diamondes will come off. And mm. uh, oh, I need to like look up all that stuff. Yeah. So the little, co- the, the goodie bag was awesome because it had in it, it had even, even like, so it had this like little Aston Martin, like a collectible Aston Martin. And it actually says on it that it's from the Die Another Day premiere. And there's only so many of them. I think like 2000 or something. I still have that. I think I have it here, actually. I have it in my garage here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you know, next time I should I should I should bring those out for the interviews and show them because they're like they're nice. Yeah, I keep it great to see
0: them. Yeah. I
2: keep everything. I even kept the um, the stockings I wore. I kept the stockings I wore and they're full of ladders because oh, I don't know. I ladder everything, you know, everything I touch. I make holes in everything I touch. I, uh, I can only wear a pair of stockings once because they're covered in by the end. I don't know why. I get I get like, I don't know. I just like I have holes in everything I wear because they like I'm a bit rough. So like everything I wear like gets caught on something or tears. I'm very boisterous. <laughs>
0: Well, it sounded like a very physical scene. Oh, describing. Gosh. So, yeah, of I course. funny.
2: And then I also saved the eyelashes I wore. They're somewhere. But I remember, oh, nice. I, I remember coming across them. There was this little plastic bag with, like, stuck, like, eyelashes and tights. And it just goes, says on it, die another day. I did ask if I could have the dress. And I, they said no, of course. No. I said, well, I didn't ask, actually. I said, I, I take it. It's a no for the dress. And they said, right, no.
0: <laughs> you tried but, your luck. You tried your luck.
2: I know. I know. I said I, they said I could take the tides.
0: Right. Well, okay, so the, the experience has happened. Now you film the scene, you've been yeah, to the premiere, already... you've got your goodie bag. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I suppose more of like a meta question. You right. are in the pantheon of Bond girls now. Right. Yeah, you are. you are a Bond girl. And have you have you had to deal with that legacy in any way? Obviously, you, you do interviews from time to time talk to people like us. But do you get you know called out in the street sometimes? No, you so know,
2: interestingly, No, I don't really look like, I've played blonde and blue eyed and I really don't look like myself when I'm out and about. The only time I've been recognized for anything is for Brainiac. And that's because I did my own hair and makeup for Brainiac and I'm looking like myself. And that's the one, so any time it's been hair pieces or somebody else has done my hair and makeup, I'm really not looking like how I look. Brainiac, and when I was on this oh, when I was on the Sci Fi Channel doing uh, the Sci Fi show, Nina, I remember walking into Forbidden Planet in in London, in uh, London, because I just yeah, just walking in there, forgetting who I was. Like I'm Nina on the Sci Fi Channel, and I just remember realizing every single person in there was looking at me, and it was like the weirdest thing. So I just left. <laughs> That was so weird. Cause I was never used to anyone looking at me. It was so strange. Um, yeah. But Brainiac, I used to go, I'd be walking about and people would just go, Oi, Professor Mayang Lee. <laughs> They'd be like, what? And I'm like, what? And I'd be like, oh. <laughs> That's what just people would call out. Hey, Professor Mayang Lee. That's how it would be. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. I think I was in Alton Towers once or the American Adventure, which is near Nottingham. Mm. And um, someone went, oh, look, Professor Myung Lee. And that's all it always used to be. But that, Yeah, it was so weird. That's so weird, right? Anyway, <laughs> although I've got people that have come up to me and go, hey, do I know you? Yeah, I get I've got mm. that a lot. I think I know you. How do I know you? And I'd be say stuff like I don't I don't think you do. I think maybe you just um, I, I do like TV roles and things. I think you know me from something you've seen. Oh, sure. <laughs> I still get that sometimes. It's so weird.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, I had a question for you. Um, yeah. you did a body double. You did some body double work for Angelina Jolie on the first Tomb Raider. I did. And now, was this just like stand-in type stuff, or was it more stunt oriented? I'm curious how that experience was.
2: Yeah, it's like the weirdest thing. So I had. This was a, what what year would have this been? I don't know.
1: It came out in 2001, I think. So. Oh yes,
2: yeah, so before that it was before. Oh really? It came out in two thousand and one. Oh anyway, so yes, yeah, so I had a, my mo I had a model agency at the time that was put that I was doing commercials for, and she said we've had a very unusual request. i said yes. They said to me, Angelina Jolie, and at the time she wasn't who she was after. Mm-hmm. Tomb Raider definitely and I was like, oh yeah I know who that actress is I think she like did like I think she'd done like girl interrupted I think and stuff mm-hmm. like that she wasn't that well known but she'd been cast as Tomb Raider which obviously Tomb Raider was huge the, the computer game so that was like a been out there and she my model agency said they're looking for a girl that are these dimensions she's five foot seven and a half she's got this wingspan literally like and um she's got this size waist this size hip and what have you and my model agency said to me i've looked over all my girls and you're the closest fit to all her measurements i'm like really so now i see angelina jolie back then i did and still now as somebody that's very like um slender very i want to use the word skinny but that's like not i feel like that's like not a good word. Just very, very, very slender, right? Mm-hmm. Very lean and slender. I think of her as like very like slender arms and stuff. And I just wasn't like that. I'm like, I'm chunkier. And I've got like bigger arms. Like, I've got like big muscles in my arms. Like my arms are like kind of meaty. I'm like kind of a bit busty and a bit heavy on top. But apparently my measurements fit. So she told me to go to some casting. And I decided not to, I thought, I'm going to waste my time. They're going to take one look at me and go, this isn't Angelina Jolie's body at all. So I didn't bother going, right? (laughs) Two weeks later, I didn't bother going. Two weeks later, the same model agency calls me back and they said they're struggling to find a girl with these measurements because Angelina Jolie, for her height, we actually have quite long legs and long arms and like our torso is quite short. Like we are very leggy for our height. We have have legs that should be on someone that's like five foot 10, apparently. So they insist. And so I go, I decide to go, oh, this time the audition is not at a casting suite. Guess where it is? It's at Pinewood Studios. So that's the only reason why I decided to go. I was like, I wanna go to Pinewood Studios. So I'm gonna go to this casting. So that's the reason why I went. Now I had been to Pinewood Studios before. I had been to Pinewood Studios because I'd worked on the Fifth Element. Um, My sister and I were in the Fifth Element. We were featured Aliens, that's the role that we auditioned oh, Okay, we were like really not aliens, we weren't aliens. We were, fe- yeah, we were kind of aliens. We were featured, we were featured in you can see us, but it's like for like we were at school at the time. They like we're using people that were at school. Um, mm. but anyway, um, what were we, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, so I went to Pinewood Studios and I saw Lindy Hemming, who I don't know if you know who she is, she does all the costumes for. Um, uh, all the Bond movies, she's won an Oscar. I think she won an Oscar for the movie Topsy Turvy. She's a fantastic costumier. She's fantastic. So anyway, she. I walk in, she's the one that's doing my measurements and casting me. She has this amazing eye. She, I walk in, she sees me. She goes to me, I. you are her body double. I was like, what? She said, I've looked at so many girls. I know Angelina Jolie's body's really, really well you're her body i was like i could not believe it it was the weirdest thing i said but i'm so chunky and she said but your dimensions like she said she can tell so she 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 measured me up and sure enough i was her measurements and it's the weirdest thing but they're not measuring how like fat my arm is they're not measuring how big the top of my arm is they're measuring things like my shoulder to shoulder my waist um Mm -hmm. Um, my hips, my bust, the length of my leg, Um, and the reason, yeah, so I then spent about, I spent a month, um, I spent about, I spent not every day, but I spent about 14 days over a month working on Tomb Raider 1 at the very beginning of the movie. I was meshed, I've met, I was working on set with Angelina Jolie. I was running around. I wasn't doing her stunts. I wasn't her stunt person. I basically was a stand-in.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a
2: lot of the time I thought, what am I doing? On um, saying that, I was working with, who directed that movie? Simon West. He was a big director. And I realized, I just thought to myself, you're getting experience. You're working on a huge set in front of a huge crew in front of a great you're, you're 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 getting experience and i was so anyway at the same time i was still auditioning for other roles and while i was working on tube raider i got the job um for the sci-fi channel as nina and the dates conflicted so i had to drop being ah. on tube raider i had to actually right. It's interesting because they wanted, they wanted me to work on it for six months. I didn't, it, it would have been great money, but I didn't really love the idea of being a double buddy double for six months. The only thing I really wanted to do, and I was absolutely gutted about this. I was, they were going to send me to Cambodia for a month. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a huge traveler and I love exploring. I'm like the female Indiana Jones, big time. I will. Um, and um, you know i really go exploring and put together like teams to go exploring and all sorts of things my one new thing i want to do is exploring sinkholes on the island of samar in the philippines hmm. which sounds very dangerous and it probably will be but that's the next plan when that happens when that when i can travel there anyway so it was interesting so i worked with lindy hemming and when i went when i next went to pinewood studios it was to play peaceful fountains of desire and lindy hemming who was the same um, costumier as um, Tomb Raider. She took one look at me when I walked on set for Die Another Day and she went, darling, you've gone from body double to Bond girl. <laughs> and yeah, she, remember, she said she saw my name and she couldn't believe it. She was like, this is who I'm going to be dressing. She said, I can't believe I was dressing you as a body double for Angelina Jolie And I don't know how many months or years later, maybe a year or two. I don't know. Maybe it was it was definitely within a year or two. She remembers me. And then I suddenly am a Bond girl. She kept saying to me, you are a Bond girl. You are going to go down in history as a Bond girl. And I remember thinking, why is she saying this to me? I remember thinking that because I was getting nervous that she was saying it to me. I was thinking, why are you saying this to me? Because what if I'm not in the movie? And the reason why I'm going to tell you that is I was in a movie called Um, i worked on a movie called um long time dead it's a horror movie with lucas haas Mm -hmm. and i had a nice scene with lucas haas anyway i got invited to the premiere for this movie in leicester square and i'm not in the film 20 minutes of the film was cut out including my scene 20 minutes so i'm not in this film i'm i'm thinking to myself why did they invite me to the movie but, you know, they invited me to the premiere anyway. I wasn't in this film and they didn't, I didn't even know I wasn't in it until I would finished the end of the film. So I remember thinking when I worked on the Bond movie, oh, why are you telling me I'm a Bond girl? What if I'm not even in the film? And I remember I knew another actor who worked on Titanic and he had like apparently had a great role. And his entire role was cut out of Titanic. So I know these mm. things happen. You know, for whatever reason, they have to cut things down or storyline changes. There's a loose end or something doesn't make sense. So they have to cut things out sometimes. Yes. So anyway, you see, I talked about so many different things in like.
0: <laughs> it's fine. It saves us from talking. It's great. <laughs> uh,
2: well,
0: I, 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 right. would, I, we we've spoken about this already a little bit, but I would be right. remiss if I didn't ask for all the Brainiac fans out there. Right. There are still some. Yes.
2: You know,
0: what was it like being Dr. Mayang Lee? I I remember watching Brainiac every week. It was you know, a regular <laughs> view in my household. So uh, I was like, oh, I was like, hey, that's the gate, That's the lady from of Another Day.
2: I really used to say that. As yeah, because we
0: we love Bond films in the house. So it was like I Yeah, it, James it put Bond one films are really
2: good. Aren't they? they were great. They were always on. I remember my dad always had them on too. We they were always shown on like Saturdays and Sundays, right? Mm-hmm. In England. Mm-hmm. Oh, I miss and they showed like carry-on films and stuff. Anyway, you're making me miss England. <laughs> I haven't been for so long, you know, because of the stupid coronavirus. Oh
0: There's not much to miss. I wouldn't worry about it too much.
2: Oh. Anyway. But
0: uh, did you yeah. get to, you know, did you get to work with Richard Hammond at all? Did you ever see him? Because oh, yeah, a lot so of your stuff was by yourself, wasn't it I really? Mean,
2: so this is what's really, I mean, so I didn't have to audition for Brainiac. I actually knew Richard Greenwood, who was one of the producers on Brainiac. And for some reason, I don't know why he knew, he knew me. I think my sister, my sister danced on the generation game. She huh. did a Philippine dance on the generation game as part of the I think that was it. And he was a producer. And for some reason he remembered me and said she was in a Bond movie. I think she's going to be perfect for this. Anyway, so they he cast me in it. And I basically would just film like a couple of days each for each season, for each series. I never met anybody ever. I never met. Wait, I'm going to come to something soon, which is funny. Never met Richard Hammond working on it. I never met. What's the other guy's name?
0: Vic Reeves. Vic
2: Reeves. Yeah, Vic Reeves. I never met any of these people. And then, I, I was just basically doing my own thing, whether um, fruit could float or sink. I was given things to do. Oh, I love doing that. But I didn't realize how popular it was. I really didn't realize, I was like, what's the show, Brainiac? Anyway, I'm at the National TV Awards one day. Um, as you do. As you do. I'm not there one day. No joke. You're never going to believe what happens. Somebody goes, Professor Myang Lee. And I'm like, what? And I turn around, and it's Richard Hammond. Oh! Yeah, he and he's—that's his name, right? Yeah, his name? yeah, 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 that's like, him. Richard Hammond. He's going, Professor Mayang Lee, and all he's doing is repeating, Professor Mayang Lee, Professor Myang Lee. And no joke, he's like putting his hand on his heart. And I'm thinking. OK, I think you really like Professor Myung <laughs> then I go up to him and I go, yes, I'm Professor Mayang Lee. And I think he does voiceover or he must see a lot yeah. of whatever. <clears throat> and um, he said, I've oh, he was so sweet. He said, I have thought I would never, ever get to meet you. And here I am in the flesh with you. He was so chuffed to meet me. And I was so touched. He was so lovely. I have somewhere a photo of him and I together. He w- wanted to take the picture. I said, I'm going to take a picture mm-hmm. too. And yeah, it's so, so. he is such a lovely person. He was so happy to meet me. I could not believe it. He just thought that everything I did as Professor Mang Lee was just like, because the things that she's doing is like so sweet like fruit and stuff I don't know he just seemed really like me and it was just the weirdest thing because people are always just going Professor Myang Lee, Professor Myang Lee I didn't even know my name was Myang Lee because I never had to say my name and yeah I never had to say my name it was never announced I didn't even know I was a professor I mean she hardly looks like a professor right she's wearing a hula skirt and one of the things and it is like the most peculiar thing it was like, oh, what a whirlwind. Oh. So was
0: the show, to be fair. It was a very peculiar thing.
2: It, it is a peculiar thing, isn't it? Mm. It is. And then it's weird because like, am <coughs> flushing a toilet on the beach. I mean, I guess that's just. Yeah, what am I doing flushing a toilet on the beach?
0: <laughs> I watched some of it today, actually, in preparation for this. I watched a couple of episodes. Oh, uh, some interesting stuff I was into in, in 2004.
2: It is weird, isn't it?
0: Mm. I've come a want, long way, or I have to I
2: to bring it back? But no, it's probably not.
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure it would fly anymore.
2: It wouldn't. Yeah, it's not. It's it's quite dated now, maybe. Is it? Does it feel mm-hmm.
0: it? There's a, there's a couple of bits, a couple of jokes that you go. Mm, maybe oh, really? not. I don't think it would get played on Sky One anymore.
2: Oh, really? Oh, no. Ah, but you know what? That will come round. Things will pass and those jokes will become OK again. I don't know. Anyway, I want to just mention one thing. Oh, what do sure. I going to say? I forgot. Uh, 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 it was something good. Anyway, gone.
0: Well, we, we always finished our interviews with a couple of quick-fire oh questions. No. So
2: what okay. Tests,
0: they? Well, you'll find out.
2: Well, no, I'm no good at spy tests.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be a good spy test if you didn't see it coming. So that that that's how okay. it works. Well, okay, so. You said you've you've watched James Bond before, so it helps. What is your favourite spy film of all time?
2: Favourite spy film? That's hard to like... Is that a thing? It is a thing, right? Wow.
1: I hope so. Our (laughs) podcast is a real sham.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wait a second. So like, what? No, that this might sound like a stupid question, right? So spy films, anything with espionage, right? So like, it's like Austin Powers, a spy movie. Yep, yep. Yeah, okay. Like spy kids and spy movies. Mm-hmm. Like Murder on the Orient Express. No, that's an investigation, right?
1: More, yeah, that's more murder mystery.
2: Yeah, murder mystery. Yeah, I like movies like that. Oh, I love movies. So anyway, for me, like James Bond has to be like the ultimate, obviously espionage franchise, right? I mean, there's no nothing really compares. I'm just trying to think. Did Hitch? I love Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Now I love black and white. Now what? I mean, surely he did like uh, wh-
1: yeah, he did a, a ton that would count you know thirty nine steps yes, the north by northwest
2: steps, oh, yeah, north by northwest, with the plane when he's running, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah, so I love Alfred Hitchcock, and um, oh, the third man, I watched that for the first time, um with my father about five years ago, and I just love. So I love movies like that. I love those golden oldies. I can't believe they were made like, when? Such a long time ago and they still look amazing, right? Mm -hmm. And just the use of shadows and the black and white, um, and just the way that it's just so stylized with how they dress and everything. And it it comes from a time when espionage was like, in maybe a different place or they're using different gadgets and things. So there's something that i really appreciate about about that like now when you look at spy movies and when you've got things like mission impossible or oh the Bourne identity series ah oh, that's a great one so obviously we've come on from these like hitchcock days and the third man and who did the third man that was um carol Reed. yes yeah, yeah. so oh well, he did another thing that was really good um yeah, so anyway, we've come along. So it's, it's, obviously it's different, all the different gadgets and things have just come on and now they have like um, cars that disappear <laughs> 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 and airplanes that disappear and flying and all sorts of things, right? So they didn't have them way back when with Hitchcock, they had they nothing, they had no CGI. So that's what I love about all those old okay. movies And yeah. So anyway, but so now to so the, the Born Identity series, I really like because I love the fighting in it. I do. And I know um, the people behind it. I know a couple of the actors that work on it. And I know Jeff Amada, who was the fight choreographer. I went Mm -hmm. to the same. um, um, Well, if you can interview him, he'd be good. Um, I went to the same martial arts school as him and I've trained with him. He's wonderful. Jeff Amada at the Inosanto Academy in um, Los Angeles. So I spent two years there and they were actually they were doing the they were choreographing the born identity series while i was there and it was oh gosh i did something that was like really oh, and i don't even want to mention it <laughs> It's okay anyway next i'm not gonna
0: <laughs> <laughs> moving <laughs> uh, swiftly yes, on moving. So i
2: love it the born identity series okay. so we're talking about was my favorite born identity series james bond i mean god loved the james bond series i love the james bond franchise and hitchcock and carol Reed, the third man there's black and white movies from before i'm just trying to think i'm sure there's something that i've missed there's like assassin movies but i don't know if an assassin isn't a spy some spies can be assassin yeah we do
1: count them we do count the assassin ones as well i
2: want to say there's a movie with jean cusack that was good what's that
1: oh um uh oh my god i'm totally a gross point blank
2: is that a spy movie? No.
1: Well, it's an assassin film, but,
2: you know, we
1: kind of open the door for those types right. of movies. Like, for
2: example, Peaceful Fountains of Desire. Mm. She's a spy, mm-hmm. right? Yep. She's, yep. But she could also be as an assassin. We don't know. I mean, James Bond's an assassin. Well, is he an assassin or he's just a spy? I mean, he's an assassin, right? He's got a
0: license to kill.
2: Oh, yeah, there's, there you go. So there you go. See, Peaceful had a license to kill, too, yes. So there, so Uh, assassins and um, spies can go to I mean, if you're a spy, you have to be able to kill. Like, Putin's a spy. Well, he was a spy. Why am I talking about him? All right,
0: I'll save this one. Hang on, then. Uh, This is a bit of a cheat question, because I think I know your answer already. But seeing as we're on the bonds, who is your favourite bond?
2: Oh, um, and you have
0: to answer. I mean, it has to be.
2: <laughs> <sighs> but. Oh. Uh, it's hard to say. <laughs> no, really, it's like because like I remember being as a little girl, I love those larger than life characters like Jaws and the Grace Jones characters and, and the bond I was raised with. When I mean, I'm talking about being like a six, seven year old little girl watching a fight scene on a cable car and loving Um, not Sean Connery. What's his name? Roger Moore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was loving Roger Moore. So if you'd asked me that as a teenager, who's your favorite Bond, I would have said Roger Moore. Well, obviously that makes sense, doesn't it? Because it would only been like three, four bond. Well, yeah, but I like Pierce Brosnan. Pierce is so nice. And then Daniel Craig is just a different look that works so well in the end. Right?
0: Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh,
2: I've
0: got to press you for one. I've got to press you for one.
2: And then Sean Connery is just like (laughs) classic. And he, and then he passed away this year. So I have mm-hmm. to pick one. And then I, all of them, they all have have their moments in time.
0: Mm-hmm. If it helps, mine is Sean Connery, and Cam's is Roger Moore.
2: Oh. That
0: oh. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> pull up, <laughs> Scott. Pull up.
2: <laughs> maybe I should say somebody told me what. Maybe I should say who's the one who. Oh, what's his name? Not, George Lazenby Not the Australian man who i 've worked who I met and worked Timothy with. Dalton Timothy Dalton, so somebody told me that because I know people that know Ian fleming 's family very well, right? because my mm-hmm. father actually lives where Ian Fleming's buried in Sevenhampton, he lives not far away, so um so people that know of Ian Fleming, somebody said to me once. I don't know how true it is that mm. the the Bond that would have been closest to Ian Fleming's Bond. I don't know if this is true. Would have been Timothy Dalton. Would you say that's true? I don't know. I haven't yeah. read his Bond movies. I mean, from, from
0: people, people often say Timothy Dalton is probably the closest to the book. Oh, so is and that Daniel Craig is next? Yeah.
2: Oh, did, oh, is that a thing that's said? Oh, I thought I was saying something unique. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can take it, know, it back. It's it, it <laughs> sort
1: of come with like the Daltons have definitely been reappraised over the years. They weren't super popular at the time, but it's something that a lot Why? of fans have come back to. Yeah.
2: Why? He's such a great actor, too. He's so.
0: They were quite violent, he... and people didn't, weren't really ready for that after Roger Moore when you got him sort of camping around the stage for two hours, and then, and then Dalton is beating people up. People weren't ready for oh. it. People weren't ready for it. The now mid- they love Daniel Craig and that's all he does.
2: Oh, how interesting. So they went back to a bit of the, yeah, maybe I should say Pierce Brosnan, right? That'd be the right thing to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> he did pierce my ears, so yeah. He
0: did. That, we, there we, you go, yeah. We <laughs> did learn that today. We, you had your ears pierced. That's uh, probably my favorite line. Um, Cam. Well, what do you have coming up next?
1: Anything you'd like to promote, anything the listeners should look out for?
2: Uh, right. Um, I do have a couple of things. There's nothing there's nothing I can really speak of like saying, oh, I want to promote this at the moment. I actually just had a baby.
1: Oh, congratulations. Congratulations.
2: I just had a baby. I don't know if you know that, which is I had a baby during the pandemic, which is wild. Um, I know she's now seven months old. I'm training a lot now the last two months. I have been training in my basement and I have been whipping out my weapons. (laughs) (laughs) Been whipping out my weapons a lot. And yeah, I'm feeling really, really, really good at the moment with um, my martial arts and things. So, um, and I have to, I'm really happy to say I'm like in great physical shape again. (laughs) So um, we shall see Um, things. I'm hoping things are changing and opening up. um, I want to go back to England I have um, uh, yeah the the industry at the moment is in a weird place Mm -hmm. Uh, my agent in England um, she there's lots of complications with working abroad and what have you at the moment so so we'll see but things are changing they're supposed to be changing soon 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 we'll see yes
0: watch this space
2: Uh, yes absolutely and when something happens I will be I don't know if you have guests on again. You probably don't. You're probably like, no, we're not gonna have her again. What are we gonna say? (laughs) When I have something to promote.
0: We're blocking you immediately after this, don't worry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) When we have something else to promote, yeah. Uh, Do you just cover spy movies or do you cover like spy TV shows or anything spy?
1: Really just movies, yeah.
2: Yeah, movies are nice, aren't they? Right, spy movies.
1: Two hours less commitment, you know.
2: Right, yes, that's right. Spy movies. I'm just trying to think. Spy movies like Inspector Gadget. That's not a spy movie, is he? He's an in- <laughs>
0: I, I've lobbied for Inspector Gadget. Cam is, Cam is not a fan of that. He I, like, I, I grew up on Inspector Gadget.
2: Spy movies. Spy.
0: Uh, I mean, we've covered the Men in Black films. So, I mean, we can do anything we want, yeah, basically.
2: Spy movies. Yeah, the Men in Black. They're, they're, they're great movies. Oh, I really love the first one. Yeah.
0: Really yeah, good. that's about right. Yeah, <laughs> that's about right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, oh, I know! I love that movie because I like the name of that actor. I think he passed away. Rip Torn. Mm, yeah. That's a new mm. name. Rip Torn. Wow! That's a, what a <laughs> name. What a We're still actor. not
0: sure where that came from, but. Uh, no, I yeah. didn't. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, well, I, Rachel, I just have yeah. to say, like, thank you for taking uh, the time to speak to us today. Like, it's been yeah. an absolute <laughs> yeah. treat.
2: One hour and eight minutes of my time. It? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my fault, right? I know you said half an hour, forty-five minutes, but I knew it would be more because I just, I just want to talk. This is my isolation of the pandemic.
1: Mm, yeah, mm.
2: I'm so sorry you didn't get to see me. You could have seen Professor Myang Lee. Oh, what's that behind you? It says James Bond. Oh, that's Octopussy, right?
1: Yeah, it's a book yeah. of uh, Bond movie posters.
2: Oh, I have an Octopussy story, but that's. Really,
0: Go for it. Yeah. we've got—it's our podcast. We've got time.
2: Oh, I've got a really good octopusy story. Well, it's not really that good, but I've actually never shared this story before.
0: I—we'll <laughs> uh, find out. Oh my
2: gosh, I've just remembered a whole thing. I used to work for. Oh, this did my Do you know who Michael Winner is?
1: Yeah, he did like the Death Wish films, right?
2: Yes. Now, is that a spy movie?
1: No, that's like, what, Vigilante, I guess.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. But he's spying on (laughs) civilians. (laughs) (laughs) You could twist it. Okay, so this is like Michael Winner did the Vigilante spy movies, Death Wish. So I used to work for Michael Winner before. I was his receptionist while I was still going to, while I was, no, when I just finished school, I needed a job. And, oh, what am I talking about? So I actually he hired me to work for his 60th birthday party Hmm. where Hmm. the theme was um it was um a harem theme it was like an octopusy theme roger moore was the special guest and um yeah can you believe that so i was how old was i i think i was 17 or 16. i had to go to pinewood studios that was another trip to pinewood and i went to the james bond set and i was in the octopusy costume area and i got to try on octopussy um dresses from octopussy and i Whoa. could pick any dress that i wanted to wear and i did and i have pictures of myself wearing this dress so what they did with me is as all the guests of michael winner came into his birthday bash i was sat there greeting everyone can you believe that in this octopussy dress it was like a little harem um, thing with it, like I was looking exotic and and greeting everyone and I greeted Roger Moore in my octopusy outfit I actually have pictures wearing um that dress and what's really interesting is oh yeah I met all sorts of people that day like Eric Clapton Sean Connery was invited but he didn't come but I remember Roger Moore did and Roger Moore has the most amazing memory I don't know if you know that about him he's able to like you could have 20 people at a table and he could say, everybody say their name one at a time. And then he is able to, he was able to, he's passed away now, obviously. He was able to like say every single name back. Isn't that amazing?
1: That is, I mean, Scott still can't remember my name.
2: What? Who is that?
1: <laughs> it's my co-host on the show.
2: <laughs> no, <I'm> just... <laughs> anyway, yeah. I don't know why I like told you that story, but I thought <laughs> I'd
0: love to see that the photo actually yeah uh, yeah that'd be
2: great yeah Michael Michael Winner was uh, yeah anyway he fired me in the end
0: (laughs) oh wow (laughs) that's a grim ending this is is a winding story (laughs) I love
2: it he fired me yeah he did and I'll tell you why he fired me and it really is not nice I can't believe I'm gonna say this he so I I spoke to uh, Michael Winner was very good friends with. This is big secret I'm letting out here. Michael Winner was very big friends with. um, Oh gosh, I forgot his blooming name. Who's the most famous actor um, that was in the death? uh, Not in that was in the. uh,
1: Charles Bronson?
2: Uh, No, not Charles Bronson. He Michael Winner. Who's? Oh, who's? No, I can't remember his name. What was his name? Who's like the most famous actor? He's died now, but he was like the most famous actor in his heyday. What am I talking about? Charlton
0: Heston. Um... Oh, like
2: along that level.
0: Paul what? Newman?
2: No, like along that level. What he? Oh, what was his name? He did a Michael Winner film. Oh, I can't believe I'd... I've... I've gone blank. He was in the Godfather series. Marlon Brando? Marlon Brando, of course. So I spoke to Marlon Brando on the phone many times. He was a very good friend of Michael Winner and he had a house in somewhere in, I think, I can't remember where, Sussex or somewhere like that. And Michael Winner would go and stay with him. So Michael Winner one day invited me for the weekend with Marlon Brando, like to go and stay with Marlon Brando. Can you believe that? Can you believe? Uh, That's I'm, crazy, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm, 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 I'm worried God. where the story's going. <laughs>
2: No. <laughs> no, it's okay. Oh, dear. I know. Should I like carry on with this story? I, uh,
0: if you if you want to, to tell the story, absolutely. But I'll if you don't, you, we can just cut was, this out. Can it's can really up to it. you. I was
2: on the phone to Marlon Brando and he was like, yeah, you're coming here. You're going to spend the weekend. I was going to go with Michael. My, Michael Winner's chauffeur was going to pick me up, pick up Michael. And then we were going to go because I was just been working for Michael Winner for six months. I was his receptionist. Um, you know, I was doing auditions and jobs here and there. And I, I was getting to know Michael quite well. Um, I, I kind of liked him. He was like, he was like odd. I, I, I got him, he was screaming and shouting all the time. Anyway, I, I decided not to go at the last minute. I thought, what, are you, what am I doing? I thought it was a weird situation. Now, you know, when you're like, nobody was gonna tell me don't go. And suddenly hmm. it, it just occurred to me, don't go and what happened was Michael Winner just he basically said to me um it's gonna be just you me Marlon Brando and I remember he said this and Marlon Brando's I said who else will be there he said oh Marlon Brando's remember he said this Guatemalan maid that's what he said and I remember thinking so it's just gonna be me Marlon Brando Michael Winner and then this maid and then and then he said to me and yeah that's what he said to me and I just thought that's so weird. So anyway, Michael Winner's driver comes up a Friday morning, comes to my door and he's knocking at the door and I'm literally petrified am I couldn't move. I said, I'm not going. And my sister Angela is in my flat and she's going mm-hmm. to me. There's somebody at the door. I said, I know who it is. I'm not going. And then Michael, my phone's calling and Michael's leaving messages going, um, the driver's waiting for you. He's there, you're not there. So anyway, he leaves and I, call Michael later. And I said, I'm so sorry, I'm I'm not able to go. And I didn't give a reason why. And he was really upset with me. And he said on Monday morning, you will not be coming to work, you're fired. I said, really? He said, Yeah, I said, okay, fine. And that was it. He said, you've really embarrassed me. That's what he said. Like we was gonna have like, I oh, know, I don't know. I don't know. That was it. I got fired. What do you think to that? anyway you made the right
1: call yeah you 100% made the right call
2: i know right cuz i would have been stuck somewhere but anyway um anyway michael continued to stay friends with me so there was no like real hard feelings i guess and he would still send me a christmas card every year and i kept all his christmas cards and he even sent me his book and signed it
0: <laughs> i would be selling that for as much money as you could I make have-
2: I that guy. I have all these things. Yeah, it was terrible. I was really upset. It was anyway. I wonder. There is more to this story, but that's as much as I can share. It's
0: the safe yeah. version. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: But yeah, so I was really upset. I was really, I wanted to call Marlon Brando. I said, can I call Marlon Brando and apologize? I said, no, darling. I have no apology. I was like, oh God. Oh, my goodness. I have so many stories. You see people like you bring out these stories. Anyway,
0: <laughs> people, yeah. Well, um, I think we might have to get you back at some point if there's more of these stories and chambered in there by the sounds oh. of it. Um, but uh, I, I am aware we're taking up your time. So I will. Yes, you um,
2: are taking up yes. my time.
0: <laughs> how, how dare I? Um, Rachel, thank you yes. so much Bye. for thank joining you. us today.
2: Yes, it was nice to speak to you. Thank you. You brought you, you woke me up. Because I was like a bit like, I, w- I was awake in the night for some reason, you know, for some reason, my baby happened to be awake in the night. So I woke up a little late and when 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 I was like, you know, I only remembered I had the podcast like about an hour and a half ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's why I was like, what? Because my brain isn't like quite functioning. And I was a little sleepy and I was like, oh, I was like yawning. And I was like, oh. <laughs> well, you,
0: you, couldn't, you couldn't tell. You couldn't tell. So I've no. come
2: to life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right i'm ready to do my martial arts now i'm already in my martial arts outfit
0: who needs coffee when you have spy hearts podcast i
2: know exactly I want to be a spy i wanted yeah. to be i want to be a spy i think i'd make a really good spy. you are a spy i think i would be a you spy. are in a
0: james bond film you're officially a spy congratulations i, am a spy. Yeah.
2: I have yeah. like you know those cameras those ring cameras
0: um well like the doorbell
2: ones yeah the doorbell ones Well, I have them like oh, about yeah. the house and i love it like I feel like a spy, not like I go like peeking at people, but I love that this camera's about like I'm like gadgety, you know? That yeah, gadget- I'm a bit of a gadget girl. I like gadgets. Well,
0: that's why you're on Brainiac. You're a professor after all.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: It's all yeah. making sense. It all connects. Mm.
2: It all connects. They should do like a remake of Brainiac. <laughs> like you said, it wouldn't fly.
0: Uh, they have to rewrite a lot of stuff. Um, really? I but, think
2: yeah, going to that's so weird.
0: I mean Sky One owns the property they probably could. They they maybe. But I, I I don't think Richard Hammond would come back or or Vic Reeves so.
2: Oh right. Oh yeah, so $100 Sky One on ah, the Ah, yes. Playboy. I will well, give $100 if I just get a digital version. I don't care if it's low quality. Well, actually no, I do care if it's low quality. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Set the yeah. standard tie yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. People $100 high
2: definition broadcast quality. No, it doesn't. But you know, I don't care like I want to see, I want to see my demo on the Ultimate Playboy in me in my James Bond dress, because that is the closest thing to what I did. That's the same routine that I did in the Ultimate Playboy is what I did for Debbie McWilliams. And I'm telling you, I know that's like a great choreography, a great routine. And I've forgotten what I did.
0: Well, there you go, guys. The The gauntlet has been thrown down. The $100 gauntlet. We will get the details on exactly yeah. what we need you to find, but we'll throw it out there and let's <laughs> see if people can get it for you, and Rachel. And the
2: other one is um, this Italian-made movie that was on Movies for Men, and it's called The African Game. Mm-hmm. And it was on Movies for Men channel.
0: That's got to be out there. That's got to be out there.
2: There's a trailer on YouTube, but I'm dressed in this. The character... I, the character is supposed to be like Peaceful Fountains of Desire. Hey, Bond fans, there, there you go. The character is Peaceful Fountains of Desire on another mission in Italy. An the sequel. Yeah, she, they put me in the same kind of dresses that she wore and the same hairstyle. Yeah.
0: That's $200 up for grabs now, folks. Uh, yeah. Come and get it. Yeah. Um, Ready to take
2: that account. All right. Yeah. Love you, Thank there. you. So glad love you to be thanks great. so
0: much this is a pleasure to have you on
2: this is great yes, yes. thank you rachel all right nice to meet you bye-bye
0: Goodbye. Enjoy your
2: day and enjoy you. yeah i'm spying on you bye <laughs> i can see you but you can't see me that's bye-bye. the worrying bye-bye.
0: thing is it's, it's what scares I'm me
2: i'm spying on you
0: uh-huh <laughs>
2: right, bye
0: okay, take care see you rachel bye so there we have it, folks. That was our chat with Rachel Grant. Of course, I thanked her at the time, but again, I want to thank her for taking the time to sit down and chat to us for over an hour about her experiences working on not only Die Another Day, but you know things like Brainiac and just her experiences in the industry. And you know, let's talk about the most important thing that was brought up during this conversation, and that was her experiences as um, someone working in the industry as a young person. And you know, she had to deal with some very troubling. Incidents uh, as someone working in industry, uh, at a young age, as a female working in this industry as well, and you know, first of all, you know, kudos to her for feeling that she could speak up about it. Yeah,
1: oh, totally. I mean, it's definitely, um, I think, in more recent years, become a little more comfortable for actresses to come forward and people who work behind the scenes to come forward about issues they've dealt with, and you know, she referred to um, you know Michael Winner, who was a director at the time, and. Um, We should just say, you know, there have been a number of allegations that have come out about Michael Winner in the years since. Uh, Marina Sirtis, who worked on uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, who Scott and you and I are both fans of, has had some um, stories she's talked about just in terms of uncomfortable working conditions with Michael Winner. So, um, yeah, these guys were out there. They're still out there, but it's good that people can come forward now and talk about it.
0: Yeah, we won't dwell on it, not, and we don't really want to steal her thunder. This was her story to tell, and we're glad that she felt safe enough to tell it in, in our little environment. And, you know, I, I mean, Michael Winner is, is no longer with us, but, you know, we are constantly in the fight to take these people down. And I'm glad that she feels comfortable enough to speak up about it. Yep, totally. But moving on from that, obviously, there was some stuff about dying of the Day, which is kind of the original reason we spoke to Rachel. And it was really fascinating just to hear about her experience being casted in the film. That was a a whole, like, I mean, a four-day turnaround, wasn't it? Something like that?
1: It sounds like a whirlwind. You know, when we talked to Joey Ansa, there was a very, you know, kind of in-depth story about getting cast as Desh for the Bourne Ultimatum. Whereas here, it really was like, you're hired, you shoot, and you're gone so quickly. I just can't imagine even trying to frame that in my mind. And then also, having to give a performance... Like, just being thrown in. I mean, that's why I'm not an actor. I couldn't be thrown on stage as an understudy and be expected to perform. It would be brutal for me to try to do that. So props to her for being able to pull... You'll, you'll be thrown off stage. <laughs> I mean, that would be... No matter what the job, I'd be thrown off stage. Uh, that's the story of my life. But just props to her for being able to um, you know navigate that and pull it off. Because if you are just last minute throwing me into something even like... You know like a a b movie or you know something lower tier it's like okay that's enough jerry seinfeld film (laughs) yes buzz buzz that's right um yeah but if you throw me into something just lower tier that's stressful on its own right it's still a job you still have to meet the expectations of the professional requirement this is a bond movie the world is going to see your performance it's not something that you're shooting quickly that you know maybe a handful of people see or who knows what the project even is this is a case where you are basically on the global stage and being expected to give a performance where you have not a lot of time to prep for and it's going to live on forever you would know going into this job and i'm sure rachel did that if you're in a bond film
0: that's forever oh yeah i mean we mentioned star trek already you think about any of the actors and actresses in that show they're going to conventions until they can't go anymore and and they are in demand, no matter how small the part was. And the same applies to the Bond universe as well. I mean, yeah, Rachel Grant, Peaceful Fountains of Desire, had a speaking part as a Bond girl. There's, there's people who have played parts in these films that go to conventions that were in the background of, you know, Scaramanga's lair. Like, uh, ridiculous. But people want to speak to them. So to go into that role with so little prep time, and to be fair, blow it out the water, because it's a really fun scene that she plays. Is credit
1: to her. Yeah, totally. Although I like that you referenced Scaramanga's Lair, where there's like one person. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I said it. I was like, this is wrong. This is wrong. That background extra is actually very prominent (laughs) because he's the only person you can look at. (laughs) Hello, (laughs) I'm Nigel. But no, it is very true. I mean, I, I don't know if she's super active on the con circuit, but for sure, like this is an instantly recognizable character for a lot of fans and um again it was so exciting to have her on the show because this is our first Bond actor and hopefully we have more to come and i was just so intrigued about all the stories she had to tell about shooting the scene where you know she's basically being hurled around by bond and just working with Pierce Brosnan because we don't really have a great understanding yet about sort of the working process as an actor for uh, for Pierce Brosnan and this was our first real glimpse of that and I hope we get more of them, but I was very happy with this one.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, she spoke about, like, how Pierce Brosnan left bruises on her arm. I uh, I could only wish she'd left bruises on my arm. Mm, yeah, and pierced your ear. Mm, she got pierced. Mm. Mm. That's going to live down. That, that, that'll be a line I reference again. I think that's a good line. That was a real zinger. Yeah. That was a real zinger, absolutely. And... I, I, apart from that, I mean, t- just as someone who dealt with the Bond universe in and out so quickly, it must have been absolute whirlwind for her. And you know, she remembers it so well as well, which is quite cool. It, it, you think about like I can't remember something that happened last week, let alone a week that happened what twenty years ago now. Who are you, strange man, and why are you recording me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Agent Scott. I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> Um, And I I, I did want to touch on Brainiac, which I know is not a show you've ever seen, Cam. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Dr. Myang Lee is not, maybe not, you know, the heights of class for British television, but for people of my age, it was looked upon quite fondly. It it is well remembered for being a bit of entertainment that we used to watch. But this was the time when we had like Zoo magazine on our shelves, which is another reference you won't get, Cam, but that's fine. (laughs) <laughs> um it, it was a different a different era back then cam don't worry it, this is the first time i'm like saying i'm older than you but i'm not no it's I'm true just making it sounds like that yeah um but it was just really cool to hear someone talk about that show that i had completely forgotten about and i used to watch it every week and 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 it was so weird that she'd never met richard hammond until way after the show i, I again a small story but i found that very entertaining What was more surreal for you,
1: talking to someone who's in a Bond movie or just talking to someone who you saw on TV as a youth?
0: I think it's the latter of the two because, as we know from our Dying on the Day coverage a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a month or so ago now, um, I only watched the film once in the cinemas. I never touched it again. I was that hurt by it, air quotes. I I was let down by it, as we should say. And so it was more just like she was on my screen every week as Professor Myang Lee, and I'm just chatting to her, which is, it blows my mind. I imagine you're probably more the former of those two, not that you ever saw Brainiac.
1: Yeah, Um. but that said, I could completely wrap my head around just if I was talking to someone who was like a a regular on some show that I grew up on, that would be just surreal. You know, there was like a lot of Canadian shows I watched growing up that in my mind, were worldwide phenomenons, but were actually fairly regional. But there was, you know, I think of like, you can't do that on television or um, Maniac Mansion. There's just like these shows that were standards for um, us when we were young to watch every week. And it would be surreal to talk to those people because I've just built them up so much more in my mind because they occupied that, you know, that youthful period.
0: So I get it. And I think that's really awesome. I mean, did any of these characters in any of these shows regularly test if their coconuts floated in water whilst wearing a bikini? Um, Maniac Mansion would have been a very different show if that had been the case, but uh, Mm. (laughs) so I'm going to say no. There's a Canadian listening to this laughing their heads off right now. I'd like to meet that person, and it's not you, Cam, obviously.
1: It's probably my sister.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Janine. Yeah. but again, you know, thank you, Rachel, for taking the time to speak to us. You were one of the, I think, our first Bond actor. Yeah. that alone Bond girl, our first Bond actor to speak to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, again, thank you for taking the time to talk to us and helping us wrap up the Brosnan era.
1: Yeah, and this was like a really fun interview. Like, she had a lot of jokes. She was very high energy. I really enjoyed this discussion. And uh, she set the bar for future Bond
0: actors, just saying it. And I do have someone potentially in the pipeline that I'm working on now. So uh, maybe she could be soon joined by someone else. Pierce Brosnan does not want to talk to you, Scott. (laughs) I keep talking to someone on the phone. (laughs) It's my
1: neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Cam, what are we doing next week? We are tackling the 1987 Kevin Costner thriller, No Way Out. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. We've had some hype thanks to our interview with Ross and Marshall Thurber. This was his favorite spy movie, so we're going to check it out for ourselves.
0: Yes, and we're diving back into the spy author realm for our guests as well, so it should be a really fun week, and I do like my spy 80s films. Hopefully it's something like Cloak and Dagger or Jumpin' Jack Flash, because I do like those uh, cheesy 80s spy flicks. We'll find out. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to watch No Way Out from 1987 and join us next week. But don't forget to follow us discreetly, of course, on social media at SpyHards. That's S-P-Y-H-A-R-D-S on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. But until next week, listeners, you'll find me in line to get pierced.